I'm in the tub in like the end of February, beginning of March of 2019. And I'm just, you know, doing this breast massage and moving it down. Like I'm like using, working with the chakras on a physical level, because through all of my integrative therapy techniques, I work with them energetically. So like really feeling my body and all of these emotions came up and I just started telling myself, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that I put you through this. I'm so sorry that I brought us to a place in life where we felt so unworthy and unloved and undeserving of anything good. And um, yeah, so as I worked down, like that was the solar plexus work. I'm so sorry that we, we have been powerless or that I have made you powerless. So sorry that I've never listened to you. Um, because like our intuition and our inner knowing really speak through our body and I just numb that a lot. Hey everyone, my name is Sarah Tillamont and welcome to Her Ascension Story, the podcast that proves the world is transformed by every hero's personal adventure. Here we talk about the real and the raw things that make up life and what it really is. It's the authentic things that should be talked about more. And I'm talking people's stories from around the world that we can all see ourselves reflected in. Yoga, sex, consciousness, healing, the hard parts about life, and so much more. My hope is that you get inspired here to go deeper on your personal path. And if you like this stuff and you want to go deeper together, be sure to check me out on Instagram at Her Ascension Story, or head to my website, herascensionstory.com, to book a session. Thank you so much for being here. Let's dive in. Welcome back, everyone. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different. Um, the roles are going to be reversed. And one of my good friends from high school and a uh, counselor with a background in trauma-informed EMDR, and I can't think of a better person to do this, uh, my friend Anna is going to be interviewing me and just helping me share my story. It's been a long time coming. And so I am so grateful for you, Anna, for inspiring and motivating this episode to happen. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on here and trusting me in this process. Absolutely. Okay. So I guess I'm just going to hand the mic off to you now. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Um, so just kind of picking up where you left off there, you know, this is a long time coming. And, and even more recently, you've started um, sharing kind of teasers and, and glimpses into the world of Sarah and, and what's led you to be the person that we all know today of, you know, this badass healer and um, empowerer and goddess energy that you embody. And so I'm excited for today's episode to really hear um, the finer details of that process and, and what's helped you to evolve to where you are today. Um, and so kind of a broad spectrum of today's conversation. It'll be um, some Tantra, some sacred sexuality, some personal, um, some trauma, some pain, some growth, some beauty, some fire. Does that sound right? Yeah, that's Tantra in its whole definition, I feel like. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, so if we could just kind of, you know, start at the the top and kind of work to the depths of this would you be willing to kind of tap in a little and share with us what exactly is Tantra for those of us who may not be particularly familiar with that? Yeah. So long story short, I've been practicing Tantra without even realizing it. I didn't have a label for it. And if, you know, in the past I did hear of Tantra, it was what most of us probably think of Tantra, you know, like this, 
you know, technique that you use to have better or longer or stronger orgasms or just having better sex in general. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Tantra in itself is the science of self-awareness, of self-discovery. It's actually using technology of the mind and soul and body and all of these unique techniques, um, unique to each and every one of us, whatever really works for us to really embrace our duality. So this divine masculine, this divine feminine, this shadow, this light, um, this logic, this intuition, this feeling, this knowing, this action. So it's really just getting to become and accept and love your true self, embracing all of it, you know, the shit and the gold. And, you know, using that as a vehicle for what we would call enlightenment or self-realization, um, which I put it in terms of really just coming home to yourself. And when you come home to yourself and you actually dive in and you look in your heart and you discover, the more that you discover about yourself, the more you see the universe reflected in it all, the more that you see God or goddess or source or whatever you want to call it. Um, and so really Tantra is just the way to connect yourself. You know, there's so many different forms of yoga. Um, and I mean, yoga outside of just asana, which is the postures and the poses and getting on your mat and, you know, either doing a workout or connecting with your body and, and finding that union, that divine union, um, you know, that way there's so many different forms of yoga, like bhakti yoga, compassion, um, so many karma yoga. And so really what I dive into is Tantra yoga throughout my whole entire life. I have really sat in the shadows with a lot and you could blame it on my Scorpio moon maybe, <laughs> but, um, you know, astrology aside, just really sitting in the shadows. Um, I re recently wrote a post explaining a lot more of my story, like a three post series. And in it, I say something along the lines of, Every single time I go into the shadows, I've been there so much and I've learned so much that if I just sit there long enough, I'll catch fire. And, you know, like the phoenix, everything will kind of come to ash. And then what comes back together is more divine. It's more truth, truth with a capital T. It's um, more strength and more self-love and more power and more connection and presence in my life and um, you know, at the same time, the ash and what doesn't come back together, what really falls away is that illusion and that fear and that doubt and that disconnection and everything else. So that's kind of it in a nutshell, I guess you could yeah, say. Yeah, and, and I'm just, you know, listening to you and I'm like, yes, yes, yes. All of that sounds so, so right on point with what, you know, my kind of approach to life is as well. Um, and I've never used the word Tantra and it sounds like that was kind of the same space you were coming from, that this was kind of just your natural way of approaching life and, and experiences you were going through. At what point did you kind of piece that together that, oh, wait, there's a name for this. Like there, there's actually an entire practice around what comes natural to me. Yeah. So it was actually, so I had been following this. Um, I mean, technically he is a guru. Guru means um, like, dispeller of darkness but also just like bringing light to darkness um like illuminating the shadows and so he's technically a guru he's from india he comes from a long line of tantra gurus um you know in his um ancestral lineage 
um, but also I feel like on a soul level too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, so his name is Chandraj Bardwaj. I recommend everybody listening to follow him on Instagram. His handle is at CBMeditates. And um, yeah, just definitely check him out. He just opened like an online virtual spiritual school. It's like meditation, everything. So I had been following him for a couple years and all of a sudden his posts were just hitting me differently in about January or February of 2019. And then um, a friend, a longtime friend, like friends for a decade, um, had seen that I was doing chakra balances at a local yoga studio. And he messaged me and he was like, hey, you, you work with chakras? And I was like, yeah, you know, if you want to do a session with me, you can book online. I work remotely no matter where you are, thinking that he just wanted an appointment. And he was like, oh, that's really cool. But I just wanted to like to share that I've been working with my chakras too. And so um, long story short, we had a great conversation of catching up. And then he introduced to me Tantra and actually like brought it in the sense of um, the sacred sexuality branch of it and how you can use that life force energy to clear your chakras and everything. And I was like, well, there's, there's something into it. And I'm kind of blending more towards sexuality here, but um, to keep it, you know, purely Tantra. Um, So after that and experiencing that for myself and really waking up that Shakti and Kundalini energy within me, um, like that just pure life force energy, the, the energy that makes us feel alive, that kind of breaks away, like, once again, the fears and the illusions and the doubts and um, pain and everything like that. Um, I just kept reading Chandrash's posts. And then I started listening to his podcast. And I read his book. His book is amazing. It's called Break the Norms. And um, that after reading that book, I think that was December of 2019 after that I was like this is seriously what I've been doing my whole life like it kind of it took a while to piece everything together because I was really trying to integrate everything really trying to you know like take a bite of the apple and fully chew it fully taste every single bit of it before I continued taking bites and so I felt like around the end of 2019 beginning of 2020 is really when I kind of um, really just dove into it, I guess you could say. So yeah, it was, um, it was, it was interesting, (laughs) because as soon as I found all of that out, um, it really just made me take a severe look at my life. And by severe, I mean, like, I was literally breathtaken by, I can't believe my life is the way that it is. It doesn't feel like it's truly me. And um it was just really eye-opening. I've had a lot of awakenings before spiritually, and um, especially since about 2011, 2010, 2011. And um, that was the most profound, to actually, you know, waken up to this is what I've been feeling, this is what I've been knowing, and um, this is what I've been trying to do and trying to work on without really having a reference or a label for it. And now that I do, I can like really dig my nails into this. That's beautiful. Yeah, right. Name it to tame it. A lot of times the, la- the label isn't mm. needed, but it certainly helps us to kind of conceptualize and bring into a physical, uh, to our physical world, um, a little more, I guess, 
in a, in a real way, kind of applying, right? We, there's the theory and then there's the application. So having that, that point of reference is absolutely helpful when it comes to doing that. Um, and you kind of, you've mentioned in, in kind of, um, in passing there, you mentioned the dive, right? This deep dive that you did after reading that book and after gaining some more information. And I really think probably the meat and potatoes of this, this episode <laughs> is going to be in that dive, right? What came of the dive that you did into this as a self-practice, as something that you learned more about as a practitioner and a healer yourself? Um, but really, what what did you find at the bottom of that dive? Yeah, so I have been practicing Reiki. I think I got my first certification in Reiki, the first degree, in um, January of 2016. And I had a pretty accelerated path with that. Um, you know, as soon as, you know, I, I went through that, a lot of um, big spiritual stuff happened. And um, my sensei or my Reiki teacher was just like, I can't believe this is all happening to you already. This is something that usually people have to wait for. So um, and I, I don't mean that in like a butterflies and rainbow way. I mean, like shit was hitting the <laughs> fan and I, it was, I was literally thrown in the deep end. And, um, you know, I was talking today about like, have you ever been thrown in the deep end, but you realize you can reach the bottom? Like, no, the bottom was like hundreds of feet below <laughs> me. And, and then I was like dragged down yeah. there. <laughs> so I'm not talking that this is like a fun, like spiritually successful thing like no I was thrown right into the shadows and um, for myself and for helping other people it was like the universe just grabbed me dragged me into this and was like this is it this is your path you've been asking to be put on your path go ahead and it just like flicked me because I'm like a little speck it just like flicked me onto it <laughs> so um <laughs> so then I got Reiki two a couple months after that and then I became a certified Reiki master teacher that September. And I immediately went to Sedona, Arizona and started working professionally. And I went there like without really knowing what I was going to do, where I was going to work, where I was going to live or anything. It was like literally going out on a limb. And um, when I got there, I had so much fear, obviously, you know, really just winging it there. And I also had a lot of trust. And so I think that was really the breaking point for me to, if I follow my intuition, I know that something is going to come through for me. And so I spent like a month really just trying to have faith and stay positive, I guess you could say. And, you know, a couple of weeks into trying to stay positive, I was just like, you know, this is bullshit. Why am I trying to stay positive? <laughs> right. Like, yes. Why don't I, <laughs> why am I just trying to ignore, you know, okay, something will come my way. So like, yes, I was going into, um, you know, staples and printing out all these flyers about my work and, and myself. And I could go into these different businesses and try to just hand them out and see if they had any leads for me or if they were having openings or anything. And finally, I was just like, you know what, I've been emailing like these three places nonstop. I've like try to go in and bring them my brochure and everything. Um, let me just finally just call and like just really email and really start. So 
after that, I was like applying that action, that divine masculine aspect and, um, you know, trying to work with that divine feminine of intuition, like knowing it's going to all work out. Um, finally, the owner of the biggest center there um, called me and she was like, let's, let's have a meeting. Let's just sit down and let's just talk. So we go in and she was like, okay, automatically the universe, I just feel like you're supposed to work here. And oddly enough, today is the last day for one of our independent contractors and all of our offices have been full, but now one is opening up. You can start tomorrow. And I was like, okay, I technically can't start tomorrow, but I can start (laughs) next week. And so, um, yeah, so I just immediately just went right into it. And so that kind of taught me of like, you can't just be positive. You have to like actually work work for it and um and being in Sedona too especially at that time it was a lot of like what people are calling toxic positivity and um like the con spirituality like the conspiracy of spirituality and everything and um you know there were some good parts like I met this amazing Native American man we did a sweat lodge and it was transforming on so many levels and I met other really great people and we had just these great experiences but overall like the mainstream part of Sedona was very much like that and so um yeah I worked there for a little bit and then I I just kept getting these messages like it's great that you're working with somebody but you really have to work for yourself and by yourself and so um, ended up coming home, um, and home was the Ohio Valley at the time in Ohio and West Virginia. And then I opened up my business and that really just, if there was ever a time that I practiced Tantra without knowing it, I think that was it. Being an entrepreneur brings everything up to the shadows, like your, um, feeling unworthy, undeserving, all of that gets reflected over, you know, if you attract clients or customers or anything like that. And so um, I really just had to stick to the bare minimums. I was into crystal healing really like big at the time. And I was doing intuitive readings. I started those in Sedona and I could teach Reiki. I hadn't before, but I had been practicing so much and had so many clients in Sedona that I felt like, okay, there's enough experience here for me to actually share what I've learned. Um, and then let people just kind of take it and turn it into whatever it's supposed to be for them. And so that's when I started teaching, um, Reiki. So that was like the fall of 2017. And that's when I started the business too. So for the next two years, it was really just like holding on to like, you know, that floating, like the buoys that are on a string or a rope that go across the pole that separate lanes or the deep end or whatever I was just kind of holding on to that um and just trying to stay afloat and then um yeah the deep dive (laughs) happened I I think the deep dive really happened um I kind of let go of that rope when my friend who oddly enough is now my husband (laughs) um introduced me to tantra and like the labeled part of it and the sacred sensuality and sexuality part of it. And mind you, at this time, I was married. And it was, it could easily be interpreted from the outside as why is she talking about sex with this other guy if she's married? And that's not what it was. It was, oh my gosh, like, we all have this sexual energy, and we can actually, you know, empower 
and kind of, I don't want to say control, but work with it and move it throughout the body and move it throughout the body. You know, if you have a headache, move it up towards your crown and your third eye chakra. Or if you are just like feeling kind of broken and helpless, then move it up to your solar plexus, that kind of stuff. So um, it was, you know, just really nice to have um, a masculine counterpart to like a friend to just talk about this stuff with, because obviously it's like deep and raw and like vulnerable and courageous and everything. And those are like some of my favorite values about life. And so um, he shared some resources with me and, um, you know, going off of those research, those resources, I did more research and found out um, how you can facilitate a yoni massage or a self yoni massage. And the yoni is the vagina, it's the vulva, it's the womb, it's all of the, you know, beautiful feminine parts. And so um, going through that, it took a lot to tell myself like, okay, this is not masturbation. Mm -hmm. This is actually something healing. And um, at that time, I had been really, really isolating myself from friends and family. I had been in a very unhealthy, I mean, I, we could seriously call it a toxic relationship uh, marriage at that time. And um, every single day, I just felt more and more of me slipping away. And um, I just, I didn't like that feeling. And there was nothing that I had learned besides Reiki. I had learned other, you know, healing modalities of integrative therapy. And I was big into crystal therapy and shamanism just came really natural to me. And I had been trying all of this and a big part of shamanism. It's almost tantric in this way, but it's, um, you know, soul retrieval and aspect retrieval, like bringing these aspects of yourself back into your heart, back into your your soul, um, like pieces of trauma that you've gone through, like going down and, and visualizing that age of yourself and having these conversations with yourself and um, really just like talking and, and reliving that experience to really reintegrate. And so I had been doing all of that and none of it was really integrating. Nothing was really like putting the pieces back together. Um, or, you know, at the time I thought I needed to put that <laughs> together. So um, I just got in the bath because water is very healing to me. I, you know, got flowers for myself and I was just like, all right, I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no tools because now everybody's into yoni eggs and yoni wands. Like, no, I didn't have anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just used my fingers. And so I started off with just a breast massage and really opening the heart um and like literally just massaging my breasts like in um this technique where you do like circles one way around and circles the other like counterclockwise and clockwise and then slowly working towards the nipples and the nipples are kind of like antennas for your heart and so I was just like okay this is going to be powerful I can already feel emotions starting to come to the surface and I'm the kind of person that like if I'm on the battlefield, why am I going to run away? Like, let's just go right in the battle. <laughs> let's just fight. Let's get this over with. <laughs> and so um, I was just like, whatever, like, fine. Emotions can come to the surface. I'm just going to keep going. And the whole time I just started telling my body, like, I'm so sorry. I had gone through eating disorders. I think the first time I tried to make myself throw up, I was 12. 
the first time that somebody told me to suck my belly in when I was like 10. And um, so it was really like complicated for me to love my body because I had seen, I have an older sister and a mom who were constantly trying to like put makeup on or, or dress a certain way or put all this jewelry on and just try to like make themselves look better than what they look like naturally, I guess you could say. And they both had a hard time with accepting themselves. And if they're listening, I'm really, I'm not sorry for saying that that is the truth. And, you know, we should all love and accept ourselves um, for exactly how we are. And they know that that's my whole message anyhow. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. And so going through eating disorders, like I remember, um, you know, just not wanting to eat. And I, I would go a couple of days without eating and my parents, I went through this one phase of, um, I'm kind of getting off topic no, here, but I went okay. through this one phase of, I would only drink green tea and I would only eat um, like wheat mm-hmm. thins. And so that's like all my mom would buy me because at least I was eating and drinking something. And I just remember my dad would be like, here, I got, there are these veggie chips. Like they're, they're really good. Like maybe you'll like them. And I just remember like they were trying to like get me to eat something and I can even remember one time being at the dinner time, dinner table in high school, and it was just like a feeling of sadness. My brother and my sister, I don't think my sister was actually living at my dad's at the time, but my brother had already gone to his room to start homework, and I think my dad's wife, my stepmom, was cleaning up dinner in the kitchen, and my dad was just looking at me, and he was just like, you really just need to eat. And it was almost like he was saying, like, if you don't do this, you're going to die. And at that time, I was perfectly fine with dying. I, you know, experienced a lot of suicidal thoughts, suicidal attempts. Um, and I don't mean that in a way of like, like I, I look back now, like I've done a lot of self-investigation. And was I just doing that for attention? Was I just doing that because I felt neglected or anything like that? And no, like I just truly had zero desire to live. So dealing with... Um, all of that. And I, we even just had a recent conversation where we were in Mivita's class, Spanish class in high school, and we were wrapping our hands around our thighs to see how big they were. And I, my fingers could touch. And you were like, Sarah, you just need a cheeseburger. <laughs> and, and I remember looking back on pictures and I'm like, yeah, I didn't eat a fucking cheeseburger. Like, damn. And yeah. And so it was, it was just a lot that I put my body through and even, you know, getting to college and, um, you know, I, I really, really dove into alcoholism there because, um, my senior year of high school in the fall during a volleyball game, I experienced a traumatic brain injury. It was, it was a very surreal moment. And so I had that, um, concussion and before I even got released from that one, um, It was about six months later, I got into a car crash. So um, I went to the hospital, like the regular doctor, he was like in the physical therapy department of like doing the impact testing and all of that. And he was like, you're not cleared from the one before. And this one really messed you up. It was was just really crazy time for me to um, cope with the depression and and the eating disorders and everything else that I had been going through. And 
I just felt so much like if there was an ounce of me still there, it just got totally stripped away during that experience. And because of that, I really just like dove into drinking. Um, I ended up getting so drunk that I broke my leg. And um, that was like my first wake up call. To like after the concussions of like, what are you doing with your life? Why are you feeling like this? And at the time, I just did not have the consciousness, the awareness to actually ask myself, what am I doing with my life? Why do I feel like this? Um, you know, what do I need to change? How can I change? Or how can I just accept myself and love myself through this? And so, um, you know, fast forward into college and drinking even more and just like, trying to disown my body even more through like meaningless sex and, um, you know, getting to the point where it got, you know, a wake up call loud enough that one night, um, you know, I blacked out from drinking and um, the only memory that I have is like a guy thrusting on top of me. And I found out um, just recently that it was more than one guy that night. And so, like, I really got traumatized from that. I started gaining a lot of weight because I was just trying to protect myself. And I also wasn't coping with even what happened. Um, you know, it still happens today. But I feel like back then, this is like 2010, early 2010, it was big of guys mm -hmm. will be guys. And, um, you know, even though you're drunk, you're still conscious enough to consent um, to having sex. And and all of that. And so I was just kind of like putting a lot of blame on myself. Like it was my fault because I was drunk. It was my fault because maybe I guess I said yes. Or at the same time, like my friends were there and they didn't do anything to try to protect me or stop me or, you know, stop the situation or put me in a safe area, like a room, like walk me away, <laughs> nothing like that. So I really felt like I didn't have anyone to lean on. And um, yeah, we're going really deep yeah, into this now. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so after that, I just stopped. I stopped hanging out with people. Um, I just, I had like maybe two or three good friends and I just spent a lot of my time with them and I was smoking a lot of weed, um, trying to still cope with my brain trauma, trauma, um, like headaches and migraines and, and nausea and all of that still, um, and just trying to cope with life. And so long story short, um, you know, I had that year, sophomore year, um, that spring, uh, one of my good friends passed away in a drunk driving car accident. We had been friends since we were like 12 and, um, she was just such a bright, happy, positive person. And for something like that to happen to her, um, I remember just going out in the middle of the hall of my dorm for some privacy. And I just kind of like fell to the ground, like slid against the wall and sat. And I just looked up to God or whoever. And I was just like, okay, I get it. I get it now. Everything happens for a reason. And without knowing why, I just said, I know I have a purpose. Just get me on my path. Like, let's just do this. So I ended up graduating college a year early. It's just feeling alone still and feeling like I just want somebody. I just, I remember there was one time um, I was just laying in bed and I was like, okay, God, I really just don't want to do this alone anymore. 
Um, and I had always been really independent. Like my grandma will never let me let down, live down that my first sentence was I do self. <laughs> <laughs> and so just really, I valued independence so much and freedom. And so for me to say that was really big and God definitely heard me because um, I think a week after that, um, the guy that I ended up marrying messaged me on Facebook and I was like, oh my gosh, long time no talk. And um, yeah, so I got into that relationship and looking back, it was a lot of like enmeshment and codependency and literally, I think just being in a relationship, both of us, because we just didn't want to be alone and um, a lot of our toxic behaviors of both of us just really came out that had just, you know, obviously progressed even more until about Sedona, until I realized like, okay, you, you can have these inklings and these intuitions and, and everything and these feelings, but you really have to also act on it. And so, um, you know, even when we got engaged right after that, I was like, I should not marry this person. I know that I should not marry this person. And I still went through with it. And, it, and I'm happy I did. I'm grateful because it was a great learning experience. Even the divorce process was a great learning experience. Um, and so like the end of February, beginning of March of 2019, and I'm just, you know, doing this breast massage and moving it down. Like I'm like, using working with the chakras on a physical level because through all of my integrative therapy techniques I work with them energetically so like really feeling my body and all of these emotions came up and I just started telling myself I'm so sorry I'm so sorry that I put you through this I'm so sorry that I brought us to a place in life where we felt so unworthy and unloved and undeserving of anything good and um yeah, so as I worked down, like, that was the solar plexus work. I'm so sorry that we, we have been powerless or that I have made you powerless. I'm so sorry that I've never listened to you um, because, like, our intuition and our inner knowing really speak through our body. And I just numb that a lot, still smoking marijuana at this time. And I'm not saying that it's bad, but I was using it as a coping mechanism to take myself out of my body, out of my life, out of my current experiences um, like literally just using it as an escape technique. Um, and so, you know, working down like into, you know, the lower belly and, and the sacral where we connect life from like the womb space. I was just like, I, this part of me feels so disconnected. It almost feels like it's dead to me. And I just sat with that. Like I didn't try to fix it. I didn't try to investigate it or reflect on it anymore. I just kind of sat with that awareness and then I started, you know, massaging the yoni and so much cellular memory was being unlocked of all of this trauma of every single thing that I just described, <laughs> um, all these stories, they were unlocked in a single moment. And the biggest part was, why did I choose this? Why did I choose to create this? Why did, you know, working with the sacral and the root chakra, why did I choose to create this physical reality? And when I actually went inside physically and emotionally and spiritually and energetically and, and, and just holistically, that's when it was the breaking moment. Like I truly broke open. That's when I let go of the rope. That's when I felt like I just let myself 
actually float down to the bottom and to just kind of sit there, you know, like in movie scenes where it, somebody like goes to the bottom of the pool and they're just sitting there with their eyes open, just like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. I'm just sitting there and I lose my breath and I just start crying, like, like hyperventilating, crying. It was a lot being unleashed and released and healed. And um, yeah, so that was the most healing moment, I think, of my entire life. And working through that, it was it was a lot. That was the day that I decided, I think it was six months before my ex moved out and we officially called it quits. But that day I was just like, I, I will be leaving this marriage. I will be figuring out what route I want to take my work. I know where I'm living now is not where I belong. I don't, I've never wanted to be here, but I know it's not where I belong. The only reason I even moved back to that area after college was because that's where my ex lived. And I was just so desperate to like have a home. I just decided that day, like everything is going to change. And so I started taking these little actions and these little movements and the entire time just really having this allowance and this permission to dive deeper into just, you know, you heal what you can heal and that's it. Like kind of just like accepting everything and acceptance is really great, but I was just like ruthless almost with myself. Like, no, we are going right down to the depths. We're going to the shadows. We're weeding everything out. This is just going to be a brand new house pretty much, um, breaking all the boards apart. And yeah, so that's that's when the deep dive really started. <laughs> yeah, I, and you and I, you know, we talk so often of how wildly parallel our stories are. And, and I just want to say, wow, and thank you um, for sharing that with all of us because that's, so incredibly powerful and, and something that is um, accessible to anybody who wants it, who accepts it into their life, who desires it. And I think um, it's so interesting because, you know, when I was talking about my story, we talked about having different tools to build the same castle. Um, and it's it's incredible to hear the tools that helped you to have the same profound shifts that I myself have experienced Um and, and with my EMDR background and I talked about IFS, right? Like you, you hit on so many things that are so relevant to even those counseling theories, um, and approaches of integrating these aspects or integrating these lost parts, these things that we've abandoned, um, IFS has an actual term for it that I'm not trained in that modality and I don't know the exact name, but it it is the equivalent of like these aspects that we have just determined are unworthy or they're not good enough or they should not be accepted. They're shameful, right? Like these parts of us um, that we refuse to acknowledge and to take ownership of. And then they kind of under the surface continue to wreak havoc. Um, And one of the biggest ways is the choices that we make from that place is not authentic and in alignment with who we truly are. Um, but there's this this giant fear that we all carry of, well, if I identify who I truly am and then I have to look at the life I've created, <laughs> that's a painful process. Um, mm-hmm. So kind of picking up on, on some of those pieces that you were just talking about in terms of, um, you know, this integration and this really kind of like turning on the floodlights into the shadows, right? And and that can feel very vulnerable and, and almost naked. Um, 
but you, you integrated it, this piece into your story where you started talking about these little shifts. Like you had this profound awareness in that bathtub, right. Or in, in that moment, um, this profound awareness of holy shit, <laughs> this is not <laughs> where I want to be any longer. But you said, you know, kind of six months passed before the, the, the big shift of ending that relationship. And, um, you know, you were still living there and, and those types of things, but you started integrating these littler shifts, um, into your life. And, and I had the question written down already, but I think you've kind of led right into it of what have those shifts looked like in kind of your day-to-day functioning as well as on a broader, like life path perspective, what, what are the biggest shifts you've noticed as a result of doing this Yoni work and doing, um, you know, focusing on sacred sexuality, both for yourself and and with partners and um, Tantra as a holistic approach, what have some of those big shifts been for you? Okay. Spoiler alert. I am not answering Anna's last question in this episode. This is going to be it for this episode, but tune in for the next one for so much more. Thank you so much for being here. I so appreciate all of you for listening. If you see any of yourself reflected in this, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at Her Ascension Story. I love connecting with you. I love hearing your story too. So definitely feel free to reach out and stay tuned for more. I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope that this episode has some way inspired you to take control, given you the tools to feel secure and on fire in your own independence, and help to unlock within you the impact that you're here to make. You're not born with a purpose. You're born as your purpose. It's already inside of you, and it's your responsibility in this life to live that in the truest way possible. If you've gotten any sort of value out of this episode, please share it so that we can together expand our inspiration and our impact in this world.